Let us be attentive. Great is our Lord and great is his power. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to Timothy. Let us be attentive. Timothy, my son. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for all kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. This is good and it is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony to which was born at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Peace be unto you who listen to the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. Reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Let us be At that time, Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and he went to the synagogue, as his custom was, on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read, and there was given to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A mother and father once took their son, who was 11, and their daughter of seven years old, to Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. As always, when the tour reached the certain point, the deepest point, in the cavern, the guide turned off all the lights to dramatize how completely dark and silent it is below the Earth's surface. The little girl, suddenly enveloped in utter blackness, was frightened and began to cry. But immediately was heard the voice of her older brother, Don't cry. Somebody here knows how to turn on the lights. And in a real sense, this is the message of the good news, the gospel, the evangelion. Light is available even when darkness seems overwhelming. This morning, brothers and sisters, a drama unfolds before us the drama of the beginning of Jesus' ministry. We are told in the fourth chapter, according to Luke, that it was a certain Sabbath. That is a Saturday, the Jewish holy day of the week. And every Saturday, as was his custom and good habit from childhood, Jesus would go to the synagogue to attend the divine service of the reading and worship of God. Yes, that is absolutely correct. The Son of God, the creator of the universe, would regularly attend church once a week and even more at times. And we would do well to follow him and his example. Now, this particular Saturday, was very soon after Jesus had been baptized in the Jordan River, when the Holy Spirit alighted upon him and the Father spoke from heaven, testifying that Jesus was his beloved Son. Then Jesus went out into the wilderness, as we know, to fast for 40 days and to do battle with Satan. Now enter today's dramatic synagogue scene when Jesus was handed the book of Isaiah to read aloud to the gathered congregation. By God's providence, the designated passage of that day was Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, which is as follows. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. After Jesus reads this prophecy, St. Luke reports to us that as Jesus hands the book back to the attendant, and then sits down, quote, the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Why was everyone gazing at him? What were they waiting for? He had simply read the appointed pericope of the day, 
like Seth just did or as Father John just did. Nothing strange about that. Well, there must have been something different about this reading. Perhaps something different about the reader or how he appeared or just how he read it. And then their anticipation is quenched. Jesus says something totally unexpected, even shocking. He gazes back at them intently, looking around the room, and addresses the congregation, saying, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What? Can you believe that? A prophetic writing from almost 700 years before that day is today fulfilled? Yes, exactly. Indeed, that is what he said and exactly what he meant. What the prophet Isaiah had foreseen in the Spirit and written about centuries before the advent of Jesus Christ on earth was now revealed and made manifest because the eternal Son of God had taken flesh for this express purpose. Let's look at the prophecy and see what exactly it is saying. The first part reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The prophecy is in the first person, but Isaiah is not speaking about himself when he writes it. So when Jesus reads it, he affirms that it is truly about him, the one upon whom the Spirit of the Lord had just descended while in the Jordan River, showing that he is in fact the anointed one of God, that is the Christ, the Christos, the Messiah, the hoped-for Savior of the world. And he, as the Christ, has the mission of preaching the good news to the poor, that is, more literally, evangelizing or bringing the gospel of light and truth to the poor. The poor meaning those who are estranged from God, who had no knowledge of him, lacking the great spiritual riches of a relationship with the Lord. And the prophecy continues, the Lord has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Who are the captives? Who are the blind? Those under the tyranny of Satan, enslaved to his will, and those who are spiritually blind and in the blackness of ignorance, having no knowledge of the true God and his ways that lead to life. The final words of the prophecy read by Jesus say, The Lord has sent me to send at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The oppressed are those under the domination of their own base passions and sins, and the acceptable year of the Lord is the time of the coming of Jesus Christ, the appearance of our and the world's salvation. For as St. Paul said to Timothy this morning, God wills that all should be saved 
and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so Jesus brings the gospel, the good news, into the darkness of the world to radiate the brilliant light of God to every single person. This is God's will, and he will do everything in his power to save every single person. And this must be our will as well. Certainly, Jesus worked many physical or bodily miracles, such as healings, restoring speech and sight, raising the dead, exercising demons, and on and on. But these were done as evident signs so that people would understand that the Christ had really come, just as the prophet Isaiah had foretold. And Jesus' apostles worked similar miracles and even greater ones in order to prove that they had received the same Holy Spirit and that the church was on earth as God's dwelling place among men for the salvation of the world. But we too, brothers and sisters, have been anointed, as the fathers say, little Christs, and have received the Spirit of the Lord in order to bring hope to this despairing world. And in despair, it most certainly is, because it has, for the most part, turned away from the living God and does not know Jesus Christ, the light and the life and the hope of every human being. Let us also, as the Lord Jesus and his disciples did, offer the riches of his gospel, of eternal life, to the poor by letting the world know the love of God and his incomprehensible gift of immortality. Let us proclaim to those in captivity who are under the oppression of Satan that there is release, there is freedom to be found in the life-giving and liberating commandments of Almighty God. On those who are spiritually blind, we must shine the light of the knowledge of the triune God in order to lead them out of the dark gloom of ignorance into the radiance of true knowing. And to those oppressed by sin and passion and the fallen will, we must liberate by showing them the healing power of God and the great strength given by His grace to those who turn to Him. Brothers and sisters, the strongest evidence for the gospel of Christ and its transformative power is the personal, personal testimony of someone whose life has been changed by it. Charles what is it? Bradlow, an avowed atheist of the 20th century, I read about this, once challenged a minister, Reverend Hughes, to a certain debate. The minister, who was the head of a rescue mission in London, England, accepted this challenge with the condition that he could bring with him 100 men and women who would tell what had happened to their lives since turning to Jesus Christ as their Savior. They would be people who once lived certainly in very deep sin. And this reverend said they would not only tell of their conversion, but would submit even to cross-examination 
by anyone who doubted their stories. Furthermore, the minister invited his opponent himself to bring a group of non-believers who could tell how they had been helped by their lack of faith. Now when the appointed day arrived, the preacher came, accompanied by those 100 transformed persons. But Bradlow never showed up. And what was the result? The meeting turned into a time of sharing and testimony, and many unbelieving sinners who had gathered to hear that scheduled debate were converted to faith in Jesus Christ. And so, my fellow Christians, may we also always fix our gaze upon Christ as those in the synagogue did. Listen intently to his words with anticipation, and even, dare I say, continue to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah in our own persons as chrismated bearers of the Spirit by preaching the eternal gospel of God to this world, to those around us, thus bringing it the incomprehensibly rich good news of salvation, liberty, freedom, true knowledge, ultimate truth, found only in Jesus Christ and in him alone. For to him be the power and the glory forevermore. Amen.